The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey, kids. Do you like professional wrestling? We like professional wrestling, don't we, Chris? Don't we? Love it. Yeah. WrestleMania is here, baby. The road to WrestleMania, the road to sign pointing has begun. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper. Uh, (laughs) A little bit of a behind the scenes stuff. I've, I've gotten some tweets, Chris, asking with, with the Bengals win, which I will tell you about being there live for in a moment, uh, that this is a voices of wrestling super bowl coming up because one Joe Lanza is a big fan of the Rams franchise. And, uh, myself, as you can see, as I am decked out in Bengals colors and in a fan of the, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm here to tell you people, um, I am not going to trash talk at all about this game. I am more scared than anything else. I, I don't want to get blown out in a Super Bowl. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. I, you know, any cocky Bengals fan you find is one that's come on the last three years because people who have been historical fans of this franchise know that the bottom can drop out at any time. And it's back to decades of futility. So no, maybe if he invites me on to the football intelligentsia, I'll talk a little X's and O's, but no, I will not be engaging in a trash talk war with Joe Lanza cross brand for promotional consideration. I'm sorry if Chris, if you're upset that that hurts the ratings. No, no, I, I'm not upset about it. like, look, here's the thing about the Rams. They're a trash team. Rams fans <laughs> are garbage people um, of a lower caliber uh, ethics. Not really a thing for Rams fans, historically speaking. Um, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I actually I had a friend who was a Rams fan and I found out and I scorned them from my life. And I, 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 I told them, sir, you are omitted. I omit you from I my life. You. No, it was, it, it was a fascinating thing. Cause I, I, I yearn for hot crowds and wrestling. And let me tell you something that, uh, that Arrowhead stadium is the truth. Man, you you know, what's gets... not a hot crowd Rams fans. <laughs> It's actually kind of true. <laughs> just an just an ugly people. A lot of showbiz types and a lot of selling your Ugh. tickets to the opposite team. But uh, went there it was loud. Uh, don't know if you followed the the story of the game at all, Chris. But if you didn't, I'll I'll let you know what happened. Uh, the the Chiefs got up to a twenty one to three lead before the first half or before the end of the second quarter uh, was done. It eventually, it was twenty one ten at halftime. But uh, there was uh 
there was a lot of despondency on my part, but there was also my brother who is a chiefs fan and chief season ticket fan and, and granted me this ticket as long as I traveled out there. Uh, there was dancing and high fiving and a lot of, uh, a lot of trash talking going on for in, in your boy. Your boy was maintaining a stoicism that's only seen on the comedy stage sometime when he's up there with a jackass doing the kind of the same thing. I had an older man who passed by me at least three times, taking his son to the bathroom every time he passed. Sorry about your loss. Sorry about your loss. And I'm just taking this and taking this and taking this. And then sometime in the third quarter, the Bengals clawed back and tied the game at 21 all in the fourth quarter. They kicked a field goal to go up 24, 21. The chiefs then tied it at the end of the regulation, not getting into the end zone and the Bengals in overtime after intercepting their star quarterback won the game 27, 24 to get to the super bowl. And at that moment, I was overcome with emotion, which you, some of you, the likes of which some of you will never see again for me. A loud primal scream came from me as I was watching. Could not find that older gentleman who kept on <laughs> me all game about sorry about your loss. Uh, it was an awesome live sporting experience, uh, given that I won. If I had lost, I'd be heartbroken. But at the same time, it was just one of those things where. I don't even think this could have been scripted by pro wrestling. And that's why real sports is oftentimes better at, uh, at telling stories that, than actual storytelling. Um, but thank you all for, for your, for your thoughts and comments on the Twitter sphere. Uh, it, it was a fun time. And no, I don't think I'm going to the Super Bowl because the cheapest ticket in is five grand. And I don't think I want to spend that scratch, but, uh, I got, I got a stock portfolio. I might sell some things, but uh, if, if I do, I'll tell you that story later. But uh, yeah, that was my trip to Kansas city. Chris, thank you for indulging in my, uh, in my self-indulgence. <laughs> no, I, I I'm happy to, uh, you, you sound like a, a good fan of football. Unlike Rams fans who are <laughs> bad people, trash humans, gamblers. I, they, they are fatherless sons, daughterless <sighs> mothers. Yeah. Like, like just, just aimless whoremongers. I mean, you, yeah. you're, so, you're, so, you're baseless. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 just a debased people. They kick babies. I mean, they're just, they're just the worst. Yeah. They, no, they no, like, I, like but, phone poles. Yeah. But all these opinions are those of Chris Nevin Bruno. Do not at me on Twitter. No, uh, feel free to at me. I, I don't. I don't give a shit. I, I, yeah, please, by all means. Uh, you all love me. I can't wait to hear about it. Getting into the wrestling news, World Wrestling Entertainment had by far its most successful year financially in 2021, taking over one billion, one billion ninety-five million one hundred seventy-four thousand in revenue and having one hundred seventy-nine million eight hundred forty-three thousand in profits. It was the first time the company tapped the $1 billion mark in revenue with 85.5% of the revenue coming from media, which would be television and streaming deals, including the WWE Network internationally and Peacock domestically, what is left of pay-per-view and advertising and sponsorships. The switch to Peacock led to the WWE Network streaming and what, oh, I already said that, uh, the switch to Peacock led to the WWE Network streaming uh, around the world and uh 
that revenue increased from one hundred eighty-five million six hundred sixty-seven thousand. So, so they made a million dollars to two hundred fifteen million four hundred four thousand in twenty twenty-one. Look, this is a podcast usually dedicated to critiques of the storytelling, the product itself, not the business metrics itself. And any podcast that you listen to that tells you, oh man, this poor creative WWE might be in trouble with it. Turn them off. Unsubscribe from them. McDonald's makes crappy burgers, but they are a huge hit worldwide. This, I'm, I'm somewhat baffled but you know what we cri- I, I think this is moves. a little it's not quite the McDonald's analogy. Um I I'm with you. Like like look any any po- we do criticize the writing a lot. Um because this is a show that's focused on what is good and what's bad. What is successful and what is not successful is more nebulous. It's more wrestlenomics. Territory. Yeah, yeah, it's more wrestlenomics. And, and and specifically what is profitable and what is not profitable. Um in so far as we ever talk about where creative intersects with the business, and this still remains a big problem despite profitability, is in television ratings. Mm-hmm. WWE's television ratings do continue to decline. And I think a thing that has baffled many of us in the podcasting sphere as well is the seeming disconnect between the profitability of World Wrestling Entertainment as a company and its seeming decline in popularity by every measure I can think of. Like, I wrestling is not just uncool it's about as uncool as any point in my lifetime it's like yes. 1992 1990 no that i think you nailed it right there 92 yeah. 93 when wcw was trying to be wwf light and trying to make things into cartoon characters and turn rick flair into spartacus and all these other things no i think you're dead on here um and, and so like i i look give podcasters not maybe 1991 but like gives give all the commentary a little bit of credit in the sense that we're like there's still this weird processing of like the company's profitable and yet fewer people are buying the product it seems and like like so it's the question continues to be where's the money coming from and Mm -hmm. obviously the glaring the glaring issue is all the times that wwe pleads poverty when they make these talent cuts (laughs) yeah hey uh, budget cuts kid gotta tighten the wallet yeah and on the flip side i'll i'll work in some of the creative thing uh fightful select our friend sean ross sap also bengals fan one longtime talent said that nothing matters outside of four people quote unquote maybe as the vibe that they get over a half dozen main roster talent pointed to issues with continuity and nobody else being designed to do anything Several talent have felt like they're without a voice and are reduced to making pleas on social media. Another talent said in the time they've been there, they've never felt quote unquote less heard and their attempts to speak with Vince McMahon go ignored met with haste or sometimes seemingly spitefully go the other way based on their recommendations. We've also heard of several contradictory decisions over the course of a number of months that have reversed course to the, something the talent had already pitched and had denied prior. One wrestler stated, quote, if you see a complaint with merit and in good faith about something that lacks sense, logic or continuity, I almost guarantee we have complained too. it just never changes anything. Now, the part that I took from this one long time talent, that means that they have re-upped at some point for the next three years 
or the next three-year deal over and over and over again, and they were expecting something different. Now, my cynicism is, is always in full overdrive, Chris. You know what I say. I say they sweet-talk you into signing the contract, and then they tell you to F off. I don't have a lot of sympathy here, quite frankly, it, it, because they don't have to do anything. They are making money hand over fist. Who are you to tell them how to run their business? If you want changes in there, do something about it. Otherwise, yeah, at, at this point, I'm at the I'm of the opinion that if you want to have a creative component in your contract, you need to negotiate that item. Yes. In. And, and you're a damn fool for thinking that WWE will give you anything like if you want a guaranteed six month program. One of the terms you need to negotiate is a guaranteed six month program. Yes, that you have that you get authorized. It has a clear start date and a clear end date. Um, if you want long form booking, you need to negotiate it into your contract at this point because there's just nothing to suggest that WWE cares about doing that, even for its top talent. And as a general rule, they don't care about doing that right now. Otis. Yeah. Oh, like, like, try to, you know, give me a, a two-paragraph explanation as to the dynamic between Chad Gable and Otis in the Alpha Academy. <laughs> There's nothing. One week they wear one stupid outfit. The next week they wear another stupid outfit. Occasionally one of them gets a haircut. Like, like there's not actually a plot there. Um, if you want a plot, you're going to have to ask for it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, I read these reports and I get it. And I, I have, I, don't get me wrong, I, I was critical of people it sounded like i was being critical but i i do empathize and sympathize with them the problem here is i also think they want it both ways i i think that they want that creative freedom but they also want the money from the escalation clauses that you get for having time in wwe and things like that and there's a trade-off here there is a definite trade-off you can have the economic security but you're gonna have to do what you're told or you can go out there and hustle and do what you want and find a find a startup or even an AEW if they'll take you and see if they'll give you creative freedom. But you can't have it both ways. And that's a risk. And I, I get as you get older, it's a risk a lot of people don't want to take. And, and I'm fine with that, too. I'm fine with your decision so long as you can live with your decision. I think that's my problem here. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. And, and I. I mean, it will, I think, forever gnaw at me that for as profitable and as successful on many metrics WWE is that I will forever believe that whatever profit they did in this last quarter, one billion plus, they could have put on a good television show and done at least as much profit, if not better profit. Like, you could make these guys more profitable. Um, and, and I think, like, this gets back to something you and I were talking about before the show with uh, Goldberg, um, how Goldberg's entire profitability is due to one really good and strong push for mm -hmm. this guy. And WWE still hinges upon it. And we can sit here and, I mean, we're not going to, but we could do, you know, 10 minutes on the last 10 years of WWE not making stars and thus not having these profitable assets to bring to their own television. I, I think for as much profit as this company has brought themselves with this model, I think the talent sees, rightly so, that they could be more profitable if they were doing, I don't know, better things with a guy like Ali, like literally anything. That guy's marketable. He could be far more profitable than he currently is. Um, in terms of what he does for the company. And I think there's a lot of guys like that. 
uh, Matt Riddle. I don't really care for him, but the fans seem to really like be into the guy. Um, probably could be doing better than what he's doing right now. Uh, Braun Strowman, my God. Well, you know, there's a guy who, who <laughs> no, I mean, there's a guy that should have been built up, ready to do action movies, doing, you know, like he's the heavy in this summer's action movie yes. every single year. Um, like this is just a company that's not building up stars. And I think in terms of where does that intersect with the business, I think it does hurt their profitability, but it's in a much more subtle way. So it's not just like, wow, Raw is a very stupid three hours. Can't believe this company's making money. I think that's a reductive way of looking at it. But like when you're not using those three hours of Raw to make the stars of tomorrow, you are hurting the profitability of the company in addition to just not making a very entertaining to watch television show. Action movies and comic book IP are the hottest thing in the space. And they have a whole roster full of people that they could put to use in that, as John Cena has shown. And he is excellent in Peacemaker. If you guys aren't watching that, I highly suggest you do. I know. Like, shouldn't the Usos have already done one or two cameo appearances in a superhero movie as like some like twin? Like, yes. Yeah. Superhero. G.I. Joe, Tomax and Zaymot. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, I, I, I get any number. Point. Yes. Yeah. Action movies, everything. I mean, these guys, I mean. WWE could be making a, th a third stream of, of revenue, but they, no, we know how to make movies too. Here's Ceno Evil 12 with Kane. <laughs> Just like, oh God, what? No, no. Speaking of one Braun Strowman, the other side of his WrestleMania program from last year, one Shane McMahon was brought back as a secret entrant in the Royal Rumble and also to produce the match. He has since been told his services are no longer necessary with the WWE. The plan was originally that he'd help uh, produce a match, but then go into the elimination chamber and then finally wrestle Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I thought editorial note here, thought it was going to be Austin theory for sure. That story seemed to be getting set up real well, but no, it was Seth Rollins was the plan. But it turns out that there were complaints about how he wanted to build the match around himself and issues involving co-producer James Gibson, a.k.a. Jamie Noble. Reading from Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer here, quote, others noted that he wanted to build the ending of the match around himself and be a featured player in the match, was visibly very unhappy when his match ideas were shot down by his father and was not professional with Gibson and talked down to people. There were also disagreements regarding he and Lesnar regarding the closing stages of the match. Jeff's laughing because he's trying to imagine that. And Lesnar pretty much well, does... he, You know, Shane wanted to get his shit in a little bit. Yes. And Lesnar. Yeah, yeah no, much, I, it's exactly. And Lesnar pretty much does exactly what he wants. But this led to people being told one thing and then another between Shane's ideas, what Lesnar wanted and what Vince wanted. Roll... <laughs> Shane wanted Rollins in there, but that was struck down because of the beating earlier. It was constantly changing all day. And Vince was overruling Shane on his ideas and also agreeing with Lesnar about the only thing left in regarding him looking good was a spot where he would outstrike babyface and former UFC fighter riddle. He botched the elimination as well, not going over the top rope and clothesline. So they had to redo that over again. Look, I, to me, it sounds like a bad idea to bring him in to produce something that you're already in, because of course you want to be part of the star of that. And especially if they've told you you're going to be in the elimination chamber but and a part of WrestleMania. To like Shane, not knowing where his role is in the ecosystem, like Shane still thinks he's a star. 
That that that's the thing in this story that is kind of baffling to me. I thought that Shane had sort of more or less accepted, like you know, this is where I'm at in this stage of my life, and that's fine. And you know, I, I did I, too. Yeah, and so like like this, the thing that is baffling to me about this story is like this guy still thinks he's like 32. I'm gonna defend him a little bit here. Because, look, don't get me wrong. I, I, there are two ways you can take being difficult and talking down, and, and it all, always depends on who's being told what. Vince brought him in and said, you produce this match, or you help produce this match. But also, part of the plan is we're putting you in Saudi Arabia in the Elimination Chamber, and we're going to set you up for a match with Seth Rollins. So if you tell me that, I'm going – I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to book myself to eliminate Brock Lesnar but I'm definitely going to try and figure out a story to make that make sense so that I have something to do within the rumble and to set it up nicely. This could be, this could be somewhere in between. Don't get me wrong. I I can totally see the Shane being petulant backstage because his ideas weren't being met and him wanting to be a megalomaniac. And, Oh, Hey, I want to outpunch the UFC superstar, which seems like just a bad idea on paper. And trust me, Shane, is historical for having bad ideas and creative. It's legendary amongst ex-writers and ex-producers that Shane had some crappy, crappy ideas. But at the same time, he should have never been brought in to produce a match when he's not producing on the weekly, quite frankly. And to me, I understand wanting him for Saudi Arabia because he's still, quote-unquote, a star from the Attitude Era. But if you're going to have him put a path in there to get to WrestleMania somehow... You have to give him some shine in the match. I, I get that. But this these, these were just bad ideas all the way around, quite frankly. And, and the Rumble wasn't anything to write home about as a match either. So No, the Rumble was boring. I, I mean, I, I just I think WWE has been circling around the toilet bowl with some of these programs for a very long time now. Like the Lesnar and Reigns programs, very long in the tooth with no real intrigue. And this is the the... This is where not being good at long-term storytelling really bites yes. in the ass. Yes, like, it, yeah. would be, it, it would be nice if you could script out something for a year and stick to it for the most part, injuries notwithstanding, but they're not going to do that anymore. And guess what? Don't have to. Point at the scoreboard. Look how much revenue we made. We made over a billion dollars last year. You tell me your idea, you stupid writer boy. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of I, thing. I, I mean, and, that, and that's I think that's what's going to keep the, that's what's going to keep them from actually seeing the the basic problems. And even like the what's WWE stock price? It's at 51. It's not like it's good. I, I mean, if you've been it's holding better it, than before, I mean, it was if like, you've been holding it for five years, it's good. But if yes. you also if you've been holding it for five years, you should have sold a couple of years ago when it was at like one hundred dollars and it ain't going back there. So we saw tonight Goldberg so, expected back for the Saudi show. Uh, Bailey and Asuka expected back over the next few months, as is Lacey Evans, who's been training for a return. One person who has left WWE, who was released. Brian Kendrick, released by WWE, scheduled to show up on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday and then was pulled because the internet never forgets. Uh, Kendrick said some not, he said some anti-Semitic things. Let's not, uh, let's not, uh, let's not uh, beat around the bush there. Alex Pawlowski, our friend at Fightful, 
remembering the research he did from the bracketology thing for CWC. Still being very disappointed. David Bixenspan helping to broadcast it out to a much wider audience. But yes, Holocaust denialism, uh, things about the state of Israel and earthquakes, reptilians, ran the gamut of just absolutely horrid, horrid comments. And Tony Khan pulled him from television. Kendrick, not to condone, but just to mention, very contrite in an apology. Admit he said some terrible, terrible things some vile things and left it at that. We'll see what happens from here. Uh, it's not, it's not a, it's not, he hasn't been reformed yet in my eyes. I don't think he can be necessarily. I mean, he might be, but uh, he worked for a number of years after saying this stuff in what, 2013. And I just, I, 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 yeah, I'm I, I'm a little speechless, Chris. What, what do you have to say about this? You sound like you're drowning in water here, kid. Pausing. So a story like this makes me think like a number of complicated thoughts uh one i'm amazed that wwe when doing a background check never ran into any of this stuff or if they did run into this stuff this is the other thing i was thinking about maybe that was part of the eva marie deal if you if you train eva marie and you make her halfway passable we can we can look past this if you if you can make even oh no this was after he was signed though this was after yeah oh, or, oh okay or not oh, not okay. the, not the, not the comments but the Eva Marie thing was was long after even the cruiserweight classic happened so so the cop so the comments were before the Eva Marie thing is what I'm saying oh yeah long yeah. before so that's what I'm saying is that essentially I I could see a path perhaps and this is all conjecture where WWE basically was like we'll quietly turn a blind eye to this if you can train up Eva Marie. Um, but I, I still think it's baffling that like a background check didn't catch this. Um, I, I will also say that I don't think it's, um, healthy for us as people and as fans to be devoting inordinate amounts of time trying to deep dive all of these wrestlers lives. Um, I'm not condoning this and I'm not, like, I, I, I definitely, want to make it clear that uh, I think what Kendrick said is, like, pretty aberrant and horrible. Um, and, like, I'm going to con- condemn that further in just a moment here. But I- I'm I'm just at a point in my life where I've got better things to do <laughs> than to putz around on the Internet and look for some horrible thing that somebody said 10 years ago. And I would strongly encourage everyone that you might actually have something more meaningful to do, like someone who loves you, a pet that needs walking, um, a friend you haven't called in a long time, someone you need to say you're sorry to. Um, Anything could be better than spending your day trying to find dirt on a pundit or a professional wrestler so as to drag them down. Um, I really, I really feel fairly strongly about that one. Before we move into Kendrick, uh, well, let, you... okay, yeah, no, and I agree with you. But let me ask you this because somebody brought up this in my DMs, and I think it's a, it's a relevant point. 
I just, I, I, I just can't get on board with it. Um, it. It's one of those things where they say, well, you remember this was at a time where Kendrick admittedly had a lot of mental health issues and a lot of substance abuse issues and stuff. Like that. And I, and I kind of go, okay, fine. There's also that part of me. And, and I, I talked to you about this off, off or online as well. I'm like, okay, is there a way where you bring this up to Kendrick and go, do you still believe this crap? And you get an honest answer. Like, is there is there a chance that somebody has truly repented and changed from all this, as opposed to being accused of it and then saying that, oh yeah, I've changed just to give lip service. That that's what I'm interested in because look, I'm not the same person I was ten years ago. I've I've made actually major changes in my life to to how I was ten years ago. Um, yeah, you're a lot meaner to me now. No, you you deserve it, but that's fine. That's fine. But but you know what I'm saying here? It's one of those things where it's like, don't get me wrong. The the Joey Ryan, uh, jailhouse conversion to Christianity, bugged me a bit. But at the same time, as a person of faith, I'm not. I can't really question that. It's like, it doesn't matter how you come to, I mean, you can question it, but at the same time, feel you, free to outsource, feel free. I'm, I'm always here as a favor. If you need to outsource that task. Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, where it's like, you know, if, it, 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 well, this timing is certainly, you know, prayer is the last refuge of a scoundrel. And to me, what, what, what helped Brian's case in some cases in, in, in a little bit of a case is he was just contrite with being wrong. He didn't make an excuse about it. He didn't, he, he was just, I did some terrible things. To the point where even Sabu goes, what you say, bro? And he goes, oh, online, <laughs> which was a hilarious exchange. But I just, I, it's one of those things where it's like, how, if you bring this stuff up, how can you even be sure somebody's changed anymore? That's, that's the weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, with regards to Kendrick, um, I, look, uh, I'm not saying that Kendrick didn't have serious drug issues. That's pretty well documented. I think everyone everyone who knows Kendrick's background knows that this is a guy who's, who's got some issues. Um, he said some things. I'm even willing to believe he doesn't believe those things um, or, or that there's a path where potentially he didn't really believe them at the time and that they were the fuel of drugs. But or the thing or is, even playing it up for video. Uh, but the thing is, in order for me to be able to really believe that, um, not yeah. just be willing to believe that, in order for me to really believe that, I would need to have seen Kendrick basically at some point do a shoot interview where he was like, dude, like when I was on drugs, I was saying all sorts of crazy shit. I used yeah. to think that the aliens are like, like and I'm not saying he, he doesn't need to be like going to the Holocaust Museum with the anti-defamation. <laughs> yes. League. Yes. I'm, I'm saying like I, I literally just need Kendrick going like, Bro, drugs will screw up your mind. I used to think that they were reptilians that, like, controlled the government. I used to think that they were aliens and shit. Like, like I, when I was on drugs, I was not in my right mind. Right. I, like, if Kendrick was saying that, that, that for me, would not quite get me all the way there to on, on the anti-Semitism stuff, but would get me pretty far along to going, like, dude, like, okay, the guy had a drug problem. He wasn't thinking straight, like, especially if you've ever known anyone who's, like, had a methamphetamine addiction or, like, one of those kind of more up intense drugs. Messes with your brain. You, you're seeing stuff and thinking stuff that just isn't true. Um, but we haven't seen any of that from Kendrick. Um, and while I think the tweet that he put out was fine um on, on the wrestling scale it was 
it was on the upper end. Let's yeah, put it sure. I'll, I'll give it a six and a half out of ten on the wrestling scale. But but like then it's the timing, right? He's saying this because he got caught. Um, I, I mean, this is this is the guy who feels really bad that he hurt his wife after he's been caught cheating on her. Um, I, I won't go that far. I won't go that far because maybe he doesn't even remember this stuff. I mean, it was a shoot interview from, I think, 2011. So it's okay, like the, things- then this is a fantastic time for him to disown anti-Semitism. Um, okay. Yeah, like, like if he doesn't even remember it, like, I, I, I mean, especially given the climate, uh, we've had an anti-Semitic uh, church attack here in the last month or so. Like, like this is in the news. Um, it is something that people are legitimately concerned about. Um and beyond all of that, like, this is not what Kendrick said. You have, like, Whoopi Goldberg's comment from, like, a week ago. Oh, and then you, but then you have Kendrick's comments that are, like, way, 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 way worse. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, he, he has a lot of work to do here in order for me to believe that he changed. And I'm with you. I don't know that there's actually a path where I'll believe fully that he doesn't believe that the Jew Illuminati is secretly controlling things. I, 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 he would need to do a lot of work. Continuing with the news, Dean Mutani, 35, best known as Mojo Raleigh, noted that he nearly died from COVID in 2020. He said his issues got so bad that he is still not 100% nearly two years later, but has recovered enough to say that he, he will be returning to professional wrestling. I think that's good news. I I, I, I always liked Mojo. Um, I thought he was athletically gifted and very smart. I'd like to see what he does on the indies. Um, hopefully, hopefully COVID has not permanently damaged him. That's my fear here. And it would probably be before we even knew what COVID was or you know had any uh, had any any ability to get a uh, uh, vaccine. So right, it was, right, it was twenty twenty. So yeah. Uh, also on the COVID list, Bobby Horn, who used to wrestle as Mo of Men on a Mission, is in intensive care due to COVID nineteen complications. He had kid, he had a kidney transplant. I think he was he's just immunocompromised from all that. I, I, I don't know his vaccination status or not, but uh, say a little prayer for old Mo from Men on a Mission. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, look, uh, Mojo Raleigh to me it, it is a cautionary tale as to why it pays to be risk. And I'm not saying he wasn't, I want to be really clear on this. Like it's why it pays to be risk averse when it comes to something like COVID-19. Um, especially at the start of the pandemic, there were a lot of unknowns about this. One of which ended up being long COVID that, uh, you know, for the people who thought that this was just the flu, you get the flu for a couple few weeks and then you're over it on like the longer end. Maybe, maybe it goes upwards of a month in the longer end. Long COVID, um, as we're seeing, is really doing a number on, like, fully healthy people. Like, Mojo Raleigh, of all the people to think long COVID doing a number on, Mojo Raleigh. Uh, It's like, it's actually kind of, um, like, that's what, he's so high energy. In in a profession that's high energy, I still think about that NXT entrance. I was was exhausted watching that guy go to the ring. That's like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Oh no! It was like more than the Ultimate Warrior. Like like his the those first initial I don't stay hype I get or I don't get hype I stay hype like uh, entrances they're out of this world in terms of energy. Uh, it's just it's crazy to think that this guy would would have been at a point where he was low energy in in any way. Um, and it's just a real testimony to how this thing can really fell a strong person. Modrali's a strong dude. In sad news, Mauro Ronaldo. Former 
NXT announcer and strike force and boxing announcer for Showtime has signed to host a reality show on CBS called Beyond the Edge. The show debuts on March 16th in the Wednesday time slot from or in Wednesday from 9 to 10 p.m. time slot. The show is about nine celebrities who give up their luxury lifestyle to live in the dangerous jungles of Panama, probably with production assistance and catering. But nevertheless, it's the sad news that these celebrities are not going to be actually left to their own devices. Yes, and just film it. And that Amara Ronaldo is having any part of this farce. I'm, I'm so ashamed. Anyways, ratings uh, news. WWE SmackDown last Friday, 2,217,000 total viewers, 0.56 in the demo. Rampage, 601,000 total viewers, 0.25 in the demo. Raw, 1.87 million and 0.47. It had opened with 2.1 million, but only did 1.6 for the promise of Ronda Rousey coming out to announce her WrestleMania opponent. NXT, 619,000, only 170,000 in the demo. Dynamite, 954,000, 0.35 in the demo, the lowest total in 18 to 49 viewership since December 15th. What stands out to you? Anything? AEW being low was surprising to me, especially for MGF Punk. Yes, and we can get it. We'll get into MJF Punk here. Um, I, I mean, I guess the other big one is Ronda Rousey not being a driver. Um, having negative, having negative ratings with Ronda Rousey, as in like ratings attrition, um, is a bad sign. Cause like we have seen when someone's actually legitimately a celebrity like CM Punk, that that actually can move the needle. And with Ronda, it's really interesting how her star has fallen over the last like four We've seen years. the stance. We've seen Ronda yeah. already. The, the, yep. that, that, the, the newness is gone. I'm going to be honest. The... <sighs> Once Ronda lost, and when she lost three in a row and then left the UFC, she wasn't as hot of a star as she could have been had she just left the UFC undefeated. And that was a problem. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's bringing out the celebrity we've already seen kind of thing as opposed to somebody new. Uh, I, I didn't think it was all that unexpected. And also, we'll get, we'll get to it in the Lazy River. Um, I just don't think she's a very good professional wrestler either, either on the acting or the technical side, but that's, that's me. We'll get into that in a little bit. We will open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism with ice cold Royal rumble takes. We're going to have a little bit of a chill, a little bit of a polar bear party jumping into the ice water of the Royal rumble, which happened last Saturday, watched most of it on a plane. Uh, it was a lousy pay-per-view. I'm going to be honest. I, I did not enjoy my, I enjoyed certain aspects of it, but like I was really digging Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I loved the shield entrance. I loved the story of the match. I thought it was a very well done match. I thought it was really, really good up until the Charles Robinson holding up the arm and placing it on the rope. And it just, the, the air on this pay-per-view all went out. The soul of this pay-per-view all went out on that aspect where they tried to sell that as Seth reaching a rope when he was lifting the arm for three when it was really Charles Robinson putting his hand on the rope. The other thing I liked, I, I liked Becky and Dewdrop, but it was in the death spot. And it just, the crowd couldn't get it over. And to be honest, Becky's questionable heal them didn't help or Jeff Goldblum school of acting on the two count. Cause every time there's a two count, it's the, it's the, 
grab the grab the chin, grab the head, put both hands in the thing. Mm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of something. If, you, if I'm doing this for radio, but I'm also on video, so you'd have to watch that to see. But yes, there, there's some very Jeff Goldblum esque antics going on with with Becky every time there's a kick out. The women's rumble was terrible. It was dreadful. They don't have 30 women who can fill a rumble. And that's a problem. And, and plus there were some things that just did not make sense in that damn thing. Sasha being eliminated by Zelina Vega. What? You know, they, they said, oh, we all know what Summer Rae is going to go after. No, because not all of us live on Twitter. So we all didn't know she was going after Natty because of the Total Divas feud. Oh, They did nothing with Mickey James. And she inexpl- and she got unceremoniously dumped by Lita. You know, uh, her entrance was fantastic. She got a huge pop in St. Louis. Did nothing with it. Most of the legends were legends and just old stories. It's the same people we've seen year after year. Sure, Ronda came out and won it. That, that was pretty big. They reignited the feud with Charlotte. Okay. Men's Rumble. I mean, you know, like one last thing. Normally the 30 slot is something relevant. And in this case, the 30 slot was Shayna Baszler and it meant nothing. I liked they tried to tell the story of the alliance between Ronda and Shayna, but they really didn't get there for me. Um, That's true. That's not true. A lot of times they make 29 the climax and then 30 is kind of anti-climax. That's true. But but usually there's like one. I mean, there's usually one last really important person. It's like Ronda at 28 is it wasn't normally a B. Someone in that 29 or 30 slot or whatever. Uh, I don't know. The men's rumble was kind of an afterthought because everybody knew as soon as Brock lost to Bobby that Brock was coming into that rumble, I think. It was a bunch of guys that nobody believed could win the rumble for the most part. I think that's the other thing is is because they've now made this about the main, about main eventing WrestleMania, only main eventers can win this. And I don't think Dominic Mysterio, anybody's going to be thinking that he's going to be winning the rumble if he pulls number 30 you know that Ray, and, and i don't even think the main eventer issue is the biggest problem so long as you actually have four five six guys going into the rumble who you credibly view as a main eventer and who fans might earnestly want to see go on a road to wrestlemania push. yeah um and, and the, the big issue here is like no one cares enough about shinsuke nakamura Right, right now to want to see him go on. A, and I like Shinsuke. I got, I got like Shinsuke. Love Shinsuke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I like Shinsuke. Uh, no one cares about seeing him on a road to WrestleMania push. AJ Styles, indisputably a WrestleMania main eventer. Yeah. No, not heated up anywhere near to the point where you'd actually like no. want to see him go on that. Um, Drew McIntyre. No. Meh. Um, Kevin Owens. N- no. Um, although like it would be, it would be a guy I would love to see in a WrestleMania main event program. Yes. Not there right now. Um, you know, and then Big E, I liked that guy. Whatever happened to him? Did they Let's, ever do anything with him? You know what? As we transition out, cause I don't think we have any strong opinions after this on, on, on the rest of this rumble pay-per-view because everything was leading to the aftermath on that whole rumble match is about bad bunny though basically yes yeah that that i mean outside everything prior to lesnar's scene was basically bad bunny is a great wrestler who can hang with the rest of our goofus roster yeah bad bunny is bad bunny's out on tour and stuff but he can come to the rumble and beat the hell out of all of our weekly guys and and they wonder they wonder why only four people maybe matter 
in the company after grumbling about that it's because nobody stands up and goes this is effing ridiculous why is he well he's a celebrity it'll get us it'll get it'll get us uh hits on extra or entertainment tonight yeah but there's also a downside to that it also makes you look dumb because you are a trained professional and you are getting beat by this guy who's who's in storyline, just a celebrity off the street. So yeah, I it's, it's I get wanting the celebrity rub, but at the same time, there's a cost to that. Um, Big E, was he? I mean, can we agree he was kind of done dirty? <laughs> I mean, he is after day one, the way he was unceremoniously pinned there, and the way he was treated in this rumble. I don't see a second belt coming for him. Gotta tell you. Do not see a second singles push for him, do you? I don't. Um, It's stunning to me. Um, I think you and I both see this guy as a star. Uh, They don't. Yeah. Uh, They they don't. It's it's never been more obvious because, like, everybody, oh, everybody put their hopes in him. And, you know, we were critical of Big E's kind of attitude towards it at least on screen in terms of the hey being funny is what got me here and stuff and we're just screaming no 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 type of things i'm not saying it was a self-fulfilling principle of uh, self-fulfilling i don't think it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because in order for some of the stuff that you and i want people to do like you know grab the mic and just like go bullworth on it like the fans are like not actually there for a bullworth moment from Biggie, right now, yeah, you know that what I mean. That is an arcane reference, my friend. Yeah, all right, okay. Pipe bomb. I'm Thank sorry. You. Yeah, CM Punk. All right, not, we, not a lot of Warren Beatty fans. Whatever. You guys need to go and watch some good movies, you nerds. Warren uh, Beatty's and, never made a good movie. Oh, uh, Dick Tracy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Tracy was not a good movie. Dick Tracy was a big movie. Yes. Totally different. Totally different. It was. Bugsy one was all right. Bugsy was okay. It was like, but it was like not that good of a movie. Red like, stinks. Like, they, they they just like really marketed the hell out of that. Um, <laughs> point being, like we we you and I want these Bullworth moments, Hawkins. We, we want, want wrestling, is what we want. And, and they right, want, and but they want... but like the fan and part of the formula there is that the fans have to want that too. Um, there is no sense of hijack for as shitty as Raw is right now. There is no hijack Raw movement going no. on fans no. don't care enough to force the issue no they on wanna, a guy they like so there, i don't they want to so see the hits they want to see we the go, hits when we go back to Big E, then like what do i tell this guy well then you just do this and the fans will, will no they won't they're not going to do anything so he just has to go out there and read the stupid hello cleveland yeah yeah. Like, like, yeah scream the name of our city Say, don't you dare be sour. Clap for your new day and feel the power. Skip down there, throw pancakes, kiss babies. And, 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 yeah, and no and one then, will boo you, but no one will love you. Yeah. And then, and then, and then get off the stage because we're going to start chanting RKO because we want to see somebody get hit with an RKO. And then yeah. we'll go home happy. And, and wrestling is awesome. Yeah. What they want, what we want are, are two different things. But yeah. Uh, I will let you start the lazy river, sir. Well, I was really excited when I watched SmackDown tonight. I, I have very few things that really like you were talking about the Bengals earlier, um, and how like you let out or you're gonna let out a primal scream. And and I was thinking for me, there's like just not that many things in 
this world of ours, this tiny and yet so big world of ours that could still get me to achieve that level of joy. Um, but tonight on SmackDown, um, one of those few things started to come into the horizon. And, and Hawkins, there are a few moments in wrestling you know that I, I've wanted for a long time. Obviously, the gun match. Uh, where there is one gun and the competitors have to fight over it. The winner is the one who uses the gun. Um, big but the, firearms enthusiast, Chris Novembrino. No, I'm just a big fan of the gun match. I think it's the most <laughs> pure form of competition. But uh, the other thing that I've long wanted is a match where both competitors use a spear so that we could arrive at the point where both <laughs> rev up to spear each other. And tonight when Bill Goldberg... His music came on. I was like, yes, yes, yes. One step closer. As he inched closer to Roman Reigns, I was like, spear, spear, spear. Hawkins, we're going to get it. Two men spearing each other in the middle of the ring in the kingdom of blood, Saudi Arabia. Didn't we have that? Didn't we have something? that goes? Oh, no. Edge uses we a gonna, spear, too. Edge yeah, we want Roman to have Reigns. Edge, Goldberg, and Roman Reigns do like oh my a goodness. crisscross crash convergence. We could add Bobby uh, Lashley. And Drew, doesn't Drew McIntyre also do a spear? Or no, 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 he doesn't. Lashley Bobby does. does. Bobby yeah, does. Bobby oh, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. get four four way crisscross four crash, baby. Four spears. They said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. And then the world ends. And then yeah. <laughs> we're all. That's how the world ends. It's four, <laughs> four professional wrestlers doing the same move to each other at once. And then and I would mark out so the heavens during... open. And. and <laughs> In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, 
got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, I'm going to stay on SmackDown just uh, for a quick note and then and then what I wanted to get into. Uh, my, my quick shout out. It's Madcap Moss. People doing his material one of whom friend of the show, but uh, there are others. This is, this is, this is much like uh, Adrian chase in NXT. It's so bad. It's good. And it's grown on me. Madcap Moss's jokes are actually getting better. And I'm frightened by this, Chris, because it's, they're actually funny. Like, like he's actually doing a good job of cheering people up. Doing this. The, the Scott, the Scott free joke. Yes. Was actually funny. Yes. The, yeah. These jokes are great. And and, it, and it's frightening me because I thought the gimmick was supposed to be he tells bad jokes and makes people laugh. But instead, he's telling decent jokes and making people laugh. And it's and number two, it's coming from from the former Riddick Moss, who who who, who had a exercise gimmick in NXT. He was Tino Sabatelli's other half in NXT. When you thought Tino was the star, I'm I'm amazed. I like him better than Baron Corbin, even. <laughs> I just, yeah, I know it's like not even close. I think Riddick Moss uh, has a lot more personality. Madcap than... Moss now, yes. Madcap Moss. I, I I just think the guy has a lot more personality than Corbin. Corbin's Corbin's. I I I get that he's a guy who's willing to do whatever the company asks him to do, and that's why like there is a certain niche of the audience that has strange respect for him or whatever. Yeah. But his promos aren't actually any good. Um, in the ring he does like three moves, and you could say he's working the WWE style. But like, if you're gonna say someone's a good wrestler, wouldn't you want to also be on terra firma that they know anything more than the standard five WWE moves? Like, I don't like. I, I, by any objective measure, I just don't see anything good, even really about. No one gets hurt. I when think they he work. does. I think he does what he's told, and, and, the, yeah. and that's good. Yeah, and, and that's and, and that's fine. fine. That's fine is not good though. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, agree. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Moss is actually good. Um, I, I just I think Corbin's at best fine. Now to my point that I wanted to bring up, and that is one Ronda Rousey. Rhonda's tete-a-tete with Becky was bad. The tete-a-tete with Charlotte, probably worse. 
Charlotte's the only person who can actually try and baby Rhonda, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I realized what my problem was. It, 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 it's, it's, she's not a very good actress, and I think we saw that when she tried to do movies, but at the same time, do this. Watch a six-year-old who's upset about not being allowed to get a toy, and then listen to Ronda Rousey cut a promo, because that's what it is to me. It, 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 it's the same. Like, you don't think that yeah, that that kind of that kind of uh, that kind of um, uh, patter that she has is that of, of of a child who is throwing a bit of a temper tantrum because she doesn't get what she wants. Not coming off as tough, although it was better tonight than it was against uh, against Becky. Because in Becky, she's doing that while saying preposterous things like "I'm the." thing the axis on which this this company revolves and you're just what that's not all we want to do is see you break women's arms okay that's all and they kind of got to there tonight but at the same time i'm just like she's not an endearing personality that people can get behind people get behind her because oh she was in ufc and i think this might be the year depending on how long she stays like towards the end of the last run, people were turning on her during her promos and, and because they were long winded, they were full of gobbledygook. They were just, they were just bad. I, I think this crowd, this, this program, I said before, has the potential to be like the Lesnar Goldberg program. They got booed out of mania. This might be that it, it's, 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 it's a dangerous thing they're playing and they're gonna, because they're not going to be going to Becky immediately. And I think people are going to want it. Yeah. I, I think the Ronda baby face push, the reason it lost steam is that the reason it worked in the first place was all premised on new car smell. People and Stephanie did, and right. I'd, I'd say, and Stephanie and Stephanie, and Ste- Stephanie was a good foil but there was a lot of intrigue about wanting to see Ronda Rousey finally yes. wrestle. Yeah. Um. And, and 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 people were very there and very excited. She's yes, she stayed in UFC a little too long, but like not so long that she was stale by the time she hit WWE. But after we saw Ronda r- wrestle the first time, and then after we saw Ronda win the championship, um. And WWE not having a great long-form story for her to tell as the champion once she won the championship. Where's the desire for the fan to see her get the belt again when they don't even necessarily... uh, No one has a um, signature moment from her championship run that they're trying to get back to. Um, and, and again, if you want to convince someone, we want to see this person be champion again, it's like, oh, you remember when Sting was holding the title above his head and how good that felt? Don't you want to see Sting win the belt again? Yeah, I remember that. I want that moment again. There is no moment that we want for Ronda Rousey to right. get back to. Um, and so then I think the other issue is once, you, once the new car smell's gone and once we've blown through the first title run, and also she doesn't have like great heels to really work against because Ronda needs to be overbooked in order to really be credible. Um, it, it, the, you know, part of the problem too for Ronda was that there was no monster heels for her to really work at the time. Um, you know, so she has to work either Charlotte or Becky and really like a Ronda character works better if Nia Jax could wrestle. Or, or she gets in there and she ends up destroying Bailey and, and, and Sasha, which is what, how they built her up for, for these, you know, two, 
good wrestlers who can carry her to a good match. Right, right. And and really what I mean, what she needed is, you know, awesome Kong not available. Yes. Nia Jax couldn't really do it, but like Tamina Ronda, couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Rhonda needed that essentially. Yes. She needed she needed a bunch of Vaders to come in and, and be the person that's you know, but how's Rhonda gonna get past this one? Um, needed to basically be our story of the month for six months. Um, I, the absence of that, um, I think, made it not very exciting to see Ronda fight because you just assumed she was going to win. The Ronda matches, I don't think she's as bad as some people say. I because I've seen her do good work. Yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm but, say, but I, I'm not saying she's a. I said she was a bad wrestler. That's probably a little bit strong. She's good in spots, spots but yeah. But it's not one of those things where, where, for any length of time, she's telling a coherent story. No, and the promos, um, they stink. They um, stink. And, and, yeah, no, they're they're real, they're real bad. Uh, they're real, real bad, and they've never been good. And I'm with you. Like, I, I, she's just so naturally a heel. She's so easy to dislike. And I actually think, in terms of booking her strongly. And getting her back to presenting her as a world beater, having her be like this smug person who wins all the time and like doesn't really care about how they win and everything, I think would actually do a lot for her to get her swagger back. Um, much more so than whatever she's doing right now. I, I actually think like against the Beckys and the Charlottes of the world, why not have the fans adore Becky? Uh, since they already want her to be babyface anyways, and have Rhonda be the heel who's just like, I'm sick of your goofy sunglasses. I'm sick of you, Rebecca. You're a joke. You're not like, you're not big time. You're like not even a star, dude. Like you couldn't get landed on a television show. Uh, you know, and basically just run down WWE for the WWE fans and let the WWE fans get behind their Becky's, Charlotte's, Bailey's, and Sasha's. Yeah, have her be UFC Rhonda. Yeah. Visiting the promotion. And that'll give that would give Vince enough things to run down about UFC because he doesn't like UFC. Uh, your turn. Where do you want to go? Man, where do I want to go? I okay. Let's do MJF Punk. Let's do MJF Punk. Um, where were you on this match? I really liked this a lot. I loved the first third. The first third was pure NWA worldwide, straight out of '87, Dusty versus the Horseman style thing. Kick punch heel bouncing all around on the rope spot type of thing. Punk playing dusty roads, the 20 punches in the turnbuckle, the finish with the, I mean, that what came after, but like the, the first finish with, with the, uh, with the tape around the net that dropped and they restarted the match, the dusty finish there straight out of old school territory wrestling. I absolutely adored this. The last two thirds. I thought, I thought it got a little long winded, there but uh i liked it i liked the match a lot quite a bit i i know you have some reservations about mjf though yeah okay so i think i'm with you on the first third i i the the general structure of this match was fine for me the issue here is execution and i'm not just talking about mjf trying to do the bret hart uh figure four around the turnbuckle and like falling and instead like humping a leg on cm punk or anything like that i'm talking about that mjf is kind of a two or three chord song at best um and for the first third of the match the two or three chords that the guy plays they work kick punch target a limb be a jerk 
that'll get you through seven to ten minutes as a heel any era. Totally uh-huh. works. Beyond minutes eight and nine, I need suplexes. I need I don't need you to be doing dives to the outside. Um, but I do need they, Yeah, they did minimal high spots and I liked that too. And I, the and high I don't spots need, meant something. But I need the strikes to mean something. Yes. I need the suplexes yes. to mean something. I need MJF has sort of one as I'm saying, two or three chords when it comes to doing his heel work. It's the, he gets you on the ground, he works a limb, he gets into he gets into his rest holds, he goes back to kicky punchy, maybe does a dastardly thing, goes back to his rest holds. Um, some of this stuff is well within the contours of what we expect out of heel work. I'm not saying a heel shouldn't be doing limb work. Of course they should be. I always talk about this. Um, but in a 38-minute match, which is what this is, I need my heel to be doing a few devastating power moves. I need my heel to be doing some strikes where I'm like, oh, shit. Damn, Try, really... trying to hurt the guy yeah i i needed to be like oh man he really waylaid cm punk a few times yeah and like i never felt that i always i i get that same comic and especially booking... for a match of this caliber where it's based on a hate feud yeah yeah um that that to me was what was missing it was well structured well worked um that part fine i, I actually yeah the structure's great uh i, I mean the way that they seated the Pepsi plunge into the match in a way that was earned and was not just merely fan service, although of course they're doing it as fan service in Chicago and everything. Um, I, I thought all of that was fine, but but yeah, after the dusty finish, I thought the match went a little bit long in the tooth, um, and I hated the way that we used Wardlow at the end of this. Um, you didn't, I, you didn't like that, that the uh, past uh, few weeks have been a red herring for the most part. No, because then last week should have been a much harder sell. Okay. Uh, yeah. And if, if the past few weeks were a red herring, then the, then if that was going to be a really successful red herring storyline, the crowd should have been frothing last week for Wardlow to save CM Punk. And they were not. The right. crowd, the crowd didn't even bite on this, so I didn't think it was a successful thing. The only thing that I thought was smooth was the Wardlow hands off the ring yes. to yeah. That part was dope. That was I thought, great. That yeah. was great. Um, the problem is that, that no one was really ecstatic that Wardlow was going to turn, right. and it also didn't necessarily make a lot of sense that Wardlow was going to turn in Chicago. The only way that would have made sense is if Wardlow had left Cleveland and like stormed off mad at MJF livid at him like disgusted that he had been embarrassed in his hometown that all this had happened in front of the people that he loves or whatever and so there's this real question when Wardlow comes down I I just like I didn't like that uh I I it didn't work I like here's the problem for me and why I say it didn't work for me um I'm not interested in seeing Wardlow become a face now like yeah and that that that's the issue here is I'm not interested in the Wardlow face turn anymore and uh, he's arguably the most interesting member of Pinnacle. Uh, I, I just, with MJF, I get that he is clearly passionate about the business. I get that he is trying. He just doesn't tick enough boxes for me. Okay. He, yeah. I'm going to stay on uh, AEW Dynamite. And uh, two two segments that just have me baffled because I don't know if people know that the roles that they're supposed to be playing here. The first was that Chris Jericho promo. 
Now, Jericho at this point has become very WWE Jericho in that every time he comes out, he's trying to make a new T-shirt happen. And, and he was doing that again with another catchphrase, trying to get that to go. But also, he's cutting this promo that's almost heel-like when he's been in the right this entire time in terms of what he did for Proud and Powerful. And it just, it's not making any sense. And it just, you're, you're watching this and going, all right, is he supposed to be the baby face or the heel here? You don't know. You don't know why he's acting this way. When he did save Proud and Powerful with the Judas effect from the outside for the pin, it, it just, these things aren't, aren't clicking. They're not, they're not connecting well as a story. Well, yeah, it's like stupid, right? Like, shouldn't yeah. Proud and Powerful have seen the replay by yeah. now? And seeing that, like, the reason they won the match is because Jericho yes. hit the juice. Like, like, it's that's the whole, stupid. The whole time only only passes when you're at television. Drives me insane. It's like, you had a week to patch this stuff up. Show them the tape, you dope. And then come back to work the next week and, and everything's cool for the most part. You know, it's not. But But no, time only happens when the TV cameras are on. So in this world... It's one big continuity thing where we've, it's, it's just ridiculous. The other one. Uh, and, and that's not even consistent with other continuity because it's yes. like uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole and Red Dragon, uh, they they were able to see the replay of their match a few yes. weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Only certain people have access to the video for some reason. The other one was this, 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 this Brandy Rhodes, Dan Lambert segment where I'm watching this. And I'm going, what is the end game here? I understand that the only way to really. Lambert is coming out and saying some very good lines. Don't get me wrong. I like them. But Brandy, who I think Cody is still trying to be the baby face. I don't know. Comes out, heals on the crowd immediately with the Cleveland Chicago bit is healing on 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 lambert who is getting cheered here i hated the josh alexander line because nobody nobody watching aew really knows who josh alexander is unless they follow all wrestling don't get me wrong i like josh alexander a lot i like monster mafia slash the north a lot as a team but excalibur needed to explain who josh alexander was rather than leave that lingering i thought he was a sports guy I'm going I'm to circle back actually to note on MJF Punk, by the way, as well, after I finish this. So, so look out for that. But yeah, no, this whole thing was just baffling to me. Like, what was the point of it in the, in the end game? I just did not understand that. Maybe you can give me some clarity. I'll, I'll, I just want to add this one coda because it's, it's a note I had for the MJF Punk match. The thing that upset me the most about this match is I wanted finally Shivani, especially, and I wanted that announcing booth, but especially Tony Shivani to channel their inner David Crockett and to be actually actively cheering CM Punk on against MJF for, for, for weeks, they've been calling him a prick and talking about how terrible a person MJF. This is the time Lance Russell used to do it. Bob Cottle used to do it. All, all of your quote unquote, straight objective wrestling announcers used to do it. They sometimes drop the objectivity 
to cheer on the baby face against the heel. And I wanted this throughout the match. I only got sporadically and instead they kind of laid off that. And I was a little bit upset by that. Yeah, no, the direction should have definitely been given to Shivani that like you need to be continuing to ramp up the intensity. It should start off with little snide comments about MJF at the beginning of the first 10 minutes of the match. And then, yes, then someone gets on the phone. All right, Tony, a little bit more. A little bit more. Final 10 minutes. Shivani needs to be a naked partisan for yes. CM Punk. And, yes. and, and, and when Wardlow hands the ring off to MJF, Shivani should actually be screaming. Shivani about, needs yeah, to be, yeah. needing to be like, held back to, yes. to, to yes. fix this. The JR, JR should yes. be trying to calm Tony down. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, like that. No, he needs to be the vehicle. Uh, there's... It's small stuff, but it's big stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's small, and and that does add up to viewership. I will, it, as you know, we always talk about ratings begin the show, but I, I will forever be thinking about that CM Punk needle spike uh, in the ratings when the first week he came mm-hmm. back. When people care, and when people are really interested in what a real star is doing, they want to see it. And, and the little stuff, um, that matters. That that gets people that gets people to decide whether or not they think an MJF and CM Punk feud is worth their time. Um, and I don't know. For me, this is a nice match. If I had to give it a star rating, I don't know, three point seven five or something. You know, you know how dogged I am on that. Uh, do, do, do you know? Uh, can you answer my other question? What's the end game on this Brandy Lambert thing? Boy, baffled baffled um because uh, like he she comes out and she's healing hard and then lambert comes out and he's like doing two things one he's like reminding the crowd you should hate him and then two he's just like having a fight with brandy and like no one likes brandy and no one really likes cody and everyone wants them to go heal so much so that lambert's even bringing it up and the weird thing once like lambert brings up hey you should go heal it's basically a death zone for the other person. It's like uh That's like, like breaking the fourth wall that I can't Yeah, yeah, think. yeah. No, it's like an improv thing where it's like, Don't you see the yellow octopus in the room now? Like <laughs> ah like, and like now everyone has to work around the yellow octopus. I I once you'd say we all want you to go heal. Either Brandy goes heal to the approbation of the crowd, finally, or does not go heal. And the scene stalls. And what Cody and Brandy have chosen repeatedly, inexplicably, is to do this, no, we're not going to go heal thing. Scene stalls, but they're like, no, no, we have a third way. Third way is here. Uh, And the third way is we're not going to go heal. And we're going to even tell you that we're not going to go heel. So not only are we going to stay like annoying Hulk Hogan in 1995 baby face, even though everyone's booing us, we're going to go, brother, I know you're booing me right now, but I still love you, Jack. Yeah, uh, double yeah. reverse thing. It's like, yeah, all right. uh, okay. All right. Cool. Uh, no, I, I, this Brandy Lambert thing, I, I, Paige is gonna get baby. Paige Van Zandt's gonna get baby faced during this match. No one's no one's gonna boo Paige Van Zandt. How do we have two people of moderate MMA skilldom, although Ronda being much more so on that on on both shows now? How do we have this happening? This is just. Eh, anyways, it's your turn. Okay, it is my turn. Um, 
Only good thing in uh, NXT 2.0 GPA is the Creeds uh, and, and Diamond Mine. Um, at this Imperium? Uh, oh, you mean Gunter's faction with his uh, <laughs> with his new buddies Klaus and Fritz? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now I want that. Now I want that. You see, you can't you can't throw that joke out there. <laughs> After the promo, it would have been great if Walter goes, I, still like, I am Gunter, and then Bartel's like, I am Fritz. I am Fritz. We the cats and jamma kids. Um, I still like Wendy Chu, too, actually. Uh, no, like, like I, I, I mean, I will say this. The opening match, for what it was, I was, like, so here for this Imperium versus the Creeds thing. Like, yeah. like this, this is really good. Um, outside of that, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there's no, nothing really on this show worth worth writing home about. Uh, Wendy, Wendy Chu is fun, uh, but, like, it wasn't like Wendy Chu versus Amari Miller was anything. Um, no. No. But uh, it, but she's fun, and I'll take fu- I'll take fun rather than trying to tell me something's fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, right. I, I, I'm with you. It's same thing with like Andre Chase. Like, yeah. at least he's like legitimately fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, but the, that's that's NXT 2.0. It's pretty much th- th- yeah that. Uh, I'm gonna go to Raw and then I'll go to Rampage. Uh, so I have two left. I don't know how many you have left, but uh, Otis and Chad Gable are turning chicken S into chicken salad. Especially Gable in this run. He's finally just learned to just, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight for any athletic credibility. I'm just going to be a goofball and he's great at it. And Otis is, this is not the role Otis should be playing at all. Don't get me wrong. I, I much, I much rather love, I loved dumb blue collar, solid Otis. But they are making the most of this just stupid academic challenge angle, and I love I love the ridiculous tights and with the wetsuit or whatever the hell they were wearing here. Uh, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. They're never going to try and improve this product. So if somebody's thriving or at least doing something with a bad idea, I give credit to it. The other thing I wanted to bring up to you. How are we feeling about this Becky Lynch Lita match in Saudi Arabia? Uh, the, <laughs> the... <laughs> follow up question. Are they going to paint a thong on Lita's bodysuit when she has to dress? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like fascinated as to, okay, uh, what what's Lita's outfit there going to be like? Um, I guess the other part though, uh, beyond, like that is man when Lita came out she felt like a bigger deal than Ronda Rousey uh like like Lita's return I I would never have blocked it to happen at the same time as Ronda Rousey's return but having those two stacked up against each other it felt like Lita was the bigger deal um I thought that was a real big mistake in the way that they did that yeah I just it's one of those things where I understand for the Saudi Arabia shows we want to bring legends there because they were asking for legends before you, you recall the first show for crown jewel it was they wanted yokozuna and the ultimate warrior both who had passed away many many years ago lead as part of that attitude era thing 
I guess the money was too good to pass up. I'm not going to judge her for that necessarily. I know some other people have online, uh, you know, it, it's a hell of a payday to go to Saudi Arabia for that much for, for, for one night's worth of work and a, and first class flight. I, I just, I, have you been clamoring for a Lita match? No, I, no. I and, and the issue is never the first class flight there. It's the return flight. That seems to be the issue. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. But it's also one of those things where it's like the women's legends are the same legends they always bring back. They're not bringing anything. New. Does Lita still have? I mean, look, I, I wasn't the biggest Lita fan when she was at her peak because I know she did great stunts. But she right. Wasn't. Yeah. I, she wasn't a good promo. I never thought that she actually did great stories or anything. She was just always good. She was the- popular. And, and she was a super good worker. Like, 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 I mean, good worker understood how to do the spots part of it, but like, there were other key character elements to her that were kind of missing for me. See, you liked her work more than I did. That's probably the the issue I'm having right now because I thought it was like she she had her she had her five moves, and and then that was about it for me personally. But yeah, I think that dyma- dynamic's gonna be interesting. The build here. Uh, We'll see what they do with it. I mean, I, I just I, I find Becky to be an atrocious heel. <laughs> I do. I just uh, she, I, I, she's too likable. If you watch, she's if too, you watch she's the too likable. She doesn't know how to not be goofy in terms yes. of being a heel. She does the other thing. Like, she, like she never knows how to not be goofy. And and I the best like when heels, she was the man, she was goofy. When she's big time Bex, she's kind of goofy. And like the and she's naturally goofy in, she's, in this company are have been people like ivory have been yeah. people like victoria yeah um people who have like there's no humor to their stock i mean there might be you know one week or another whatever but like their stock character is a humor humorless cold no nonsense yes ex- yeah thing and like that i mean we can say that that's a trope or whatever maybe we need a more modern version of the heel I grant all of that. I'm open to that discourse. In WWE's universe, though, they need heels that are of that cloth. And whenever yes, they get, you need a serious heel rather than right, a, whenever uh, you get to like goof heel, especially in the women's division, it never works. Yeah, she's coming off to me like female Miz in this aspect. But yeah, no, I I, I get that feeling. Yeah, and and I don't want you to read about Raw. Please don't read about Raw. <laughs> uh, no, no, dude. I, I I was reading about Raw here. Uh, I, I was like, Jesus, I can't even make good jokes on this one. Like, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I will say is that Veer has been coming for so long that I think he needs to go and see a doctor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like supposed, it's supposed to stop Peter, after about Peter four North, hours. Yes, Peter North thinks that he's been coming for a long time. That's yeah, that was fine. Yeah, bring a towel because Veer's coming again. <laughs> you know, all, 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 all the jokes. They, 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 I, I, I mean, he's, it, he's come it, so much he's now gone. I mean, that's it, it, has has he passed the glacier threshold yet? Though, is yes, my one he's passed Evelina he, and Glacier at this point. Nice, nice. As, he's as actually, people who who have who were coming for a long time, time. and have stopped coming for. Some reason I need to stop using that terminology. Uh, what's next for you if you have anything? Uh, like, oh man. Um, what's next for me? I guess we can go to Rampage because that's the only thing that we really. Yeah, that was what I was, what I was gonna end with. Yeah, I have two yeah. notes for that, but please um, go with yours. Okay. Uh, I thought that bringing attention to Mercedes Martinez 
losing via disqualification was a very weird thing. Like, it was weird that commentary chose to hang on that note. Uh, oh my god, there's never disqualifications in AEW. I don't know that that's a good thing. Like, like, like they, they were saying that as a value positive thing, but like... I think especially for those of us who like just watched the MJF CM Punk match, that's like maybe the last match that's like in your mind, in your head, that probably should have ended in a disqualification. MJF should have been disqualified. So yeah. I, like, it was weird for them to, I mean, it's like a small continuity error, but it's one that stuck out to me. I will say this, because uh, I was going to talk about the Mercedes thing too. I love the multifaceted aspect of that backstage promo afterwards with Tony. I, 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 I watched that and I went, this is a fantastic story. She knocks Thunder Rosa out with the pipe. We thought when she appeared during the TBS tournament that it was Jade who hired her or Mark Sterling, but it turns out that it was Britt Baker who, who hired Mercedes Martinez because she doesn't trust the two heavies who are in her employ already to get the job done already, which is sowing doubt but, between but specifically, them. It's, it's specifically, it's Hater. Hater. That, 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 that Baker's, and, and Rebel is still, yeah, 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 I love Brit. Yeah, yeah, still yeah, flunky. Total, but, but it's Hater who the Rift is now being. But but now you have, you, you have a plethora of stories, if you want them, amongst, amongst the bad guys, so to speak, while Thunder Rosa can be Clint Eastwood. And, and if you wanted to. But you have Jade, maybe not trusting Mercedes. You have Mercedes and Hater. You have Mercedes and DMD. You have Mercedes and Rebel. You have Jade and DMD. You have, because of what Mark Sterling did in terms of the check and stuff like that. I, I think this is this is the kind of storytelling I want for heels sometimes, and I, I kind of dig this quite a bit. I mean, I think what might happen is 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 Hater ends up signing with Rosa in order to take on the others, which is fine. You have that as an option. Um, you also have the option that eventually all the other baddies just turn on Mercedes here and that they, I mean, not, not a coexist angle, but at least a, a, okay. Mercedes is going to help get revenge on the people who punked her, but she doesn't like Rosa still. I mean, you have lots of ways you can go with this and they all interest me quite frankly, because I really like Mercedes Martinez a lot and, and a lot of the other players here. Yeah. I, I mean, Look, all the major players, I, I think very highly of Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, um, Mercedes Martinez, um, and I think that you have enough strong players here to support um, Jamie Hader, who who maybe needs a little bit of work, but I think can be carried to a good match. Jade Cargill now making jokes about how green she is oh, in the gracious. ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, like like no, but like Jade, you're like actually stinky, like you're stinky bad. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 I, I mean, you look like a million dollars, but like uh, your wrestling skills, I wouldn't pay a buck fifty for them. My other note was was just I loved the end of that Lethal Starks match. That was smooth. Boy, wasn't it? Like, like man, I, I I had that note too. Jay Lethal, um, especially considering it's like a rampage match and everything, like absolutely over delivered for the slot and yeah. that like finish. Him and Starks just really great chemistry, really nice match, um, just really enjoyable. Uh, that that and the I, I know I'm down on NXT 2.0 GPA but like uh the Creed and Imperium match it, this is a classic for what it was award but for what it was that was exactly what it needed to be uh same thing with this Rampage match this is not going to change your life it's not meant to be like a Meltzer scale five star match or anything like that good nice finish 
Jay Lethal did a real nice job here. Dante Martin's spot was good. Yeah, I, I, I liked the uh, jumping to the outside and there's no water in the pool spot. I thought that that was that was a great spot. That was, <laughs> that, that was really just good. Stand and stares at him. That was so great. Yeah, huh? so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll end with one other thing. I did watch some classic wrestling this week from my youth, and it just did not hold up. I watched the 1988 Bunkhouse Stampede Finals, but I'm going to talk to Joel Pearl on it, uh, about it over on Fightful Overbooked. There's a Bobby Eaton versus Nikita Koloff singles match. There's a Flair versus Hawk match, and there's a Larry Zabisco versus Barry Windham for the Western States Heritage title match, and all of them are snoozers. And it's so unfortunate. And then they have the bunkhouse stampede finals, which it sounds good at the time. We're going to have a bunkhouse stampede and we're going to put it in a cage. And the way to get them out, get, get people out of the match is to throw them through the door or over the top of the cage. And you're like, if you're 15, that sounds like a great idea. You watch it in practice. It's like, this has no logic to it whatsoever. It was terrible. It was the show that they put on. They were putting on pay-per-view and the first Royal rumble was counter programming for it on USA as a free show on USA. So for historical context, talking about the Royal rumble, I'm going to go on there and talk about this show. It was dreadful. Avoid it. Go watch a bunkhouse stampede. That's real. That, 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 you know, if you can find it like on a TV, like there's a worldwide with one on it, but don't, don't watch this one. This thing was dreadful. And I will end the lazy river of wrestling criticism there. This has been Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Please listen to all our podcasts. The flagship with Joe and Rich. There's no feud there with Rams fans at all. Uh, it, the, the No, the, the Rams fans would need to be able to listen to a podcast that's 60 <laughs> minutes and their attention span only goes about 10 seconds. Also, I use pretty big words on a regular basis. Rams fans, they like they like the small <laughs> words. They like six letters. Like Wordle, Wordle's the best thing that's ever happened for Rams fans <laughs> because their vocabulary only goes up to five and they can now count all the words on their fingers. The thoughts of Chris Novembrino do not reflect the, the thoughts of this show, but he has a show where he can express his opinions. It's called Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to this about one it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one's my forum, Rams fans. You guys suck. <laughs> um, so, real quickly here, uh, Rams fans, you don't have to listen to this. It's going to go right over your head. But, but real quickly here, I, I just want to say, Hawkins, uh, over the last week, I have read a number of stupid comments when it comes to cold weather, many of them probably written by Rams fans, morons. Um, But I I just want to say this to all of you. If you don't live in Texas and and you want to make your little stinky dink jokes about, Oh, two inches of snow in Texas, just down the whole day. Yeah, no, I get it. A lot of my fellow state people don't know how to drive or they're idiots and they think their truck because they saw like a Montero commercial back in 92 is like going to handle the cold weather. and that Like be- a rock. Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they put on a Bob Seger mixtape and they think that they could drive in the ice. No, I get that that's a problem. They're dopes. But you also have to remember, you, you Rams fan acting people, uh, that – the, the infrastructure in the state is not weatherized for the cold weather. So the pipes, the electrical like cables and stuff, lots of different things could fail. So don't be a jerk. Don't be like a stupid fan of the, the, the Rams are in Los Angeles, right? 
Do, yeah. do Rams fans even know? Um, you know, they, they just go down to a warehouse and they think they're watching a football game every Sunday. It's great. It's, it's a wonderful thing for a Rams fan. Uh, any, anyways, uh, point being, don't make light of people who have been going through these freezes. Uh, when they, ha- when they happen out here in Texas, we do legitimately get scared. Um, as for don't worry about the government, you can find that at don't worry.tv at patreon.com slash DWATG on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. Um, I also did an appearance on Matt Lewis's show, uh, Matt Lewis in the news. Uh, I taped that like literally earlier today. I think that will be out Monday or something. I'm talking about Ukraine and, uh, foreign policy risks. Uh, the new don't worry about the government's on Ukraine too. May have one more pass on it. And then I'll move on to some new topic here next week. Ukraine, I crane, we that, crane. That was actually the name of the episode, Hawkins. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, you, you, we all crane. Damn it. See you next week. <laughs>